0: Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
1: Hello Rush Nation and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, here on Tuesday, the 21st, and the only reason I mention the date is because it's the second best tradition or holiday in the United Kingdom's calendar. I don't know whether our guest um, has it over in America, but it's Pancake Day or Shrove Tuesday, if you really want to be specific. And um, personally, I have it ranked second just behind Christmas because I do my rankings based on the food that you eat on the day. Um but as I said, we've got a special guest all the way from America. He's not come over to the UK just spe- specifically to talk on this podcast. He is still in America, so that's why we push the live time a little bit later on. But we have Jesse. He has he runs his own uh, TikTok and YouTube for fantasy football, as well as writing or creating content for uh, the league winners. He's an avid um, member of the Dynasty Lounge that... Um, Joe O'Leary, one of the guys that I uh, interact with on Twitter quite a bit, um, created and it's a great community. But Jesse, let's bring you in. How are you doing, buddy? We haven't had you on the podcast, but it's been great to get you on finally.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Like I, we've had some pretty good interactions, and like everyone in that com- community does a great, great job. Like, it's one of my favourite places is just to go on and talk with different people, see how they feel about every player's get takes, and make great friendships.
1: Yeah, it's it's honestly one of the best places that I've ever decided to join up for fantasy football. I know that um, I ran a few leagues last year and those leagues went well. I didn't play in any of them. Um, I ended up having way too many uh, leagues in general, but yeah, that there are some great leads and there's always great communication um, going back and forth within the Dice Lounge. So if you do want to uh, find out anything more about that, hit me up or hit Jesse up. Um, Jesse, where can they find you on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, et cetera? So I try to keep it simple. I'm all one
0: user because it gets kind of complicated. If I'm different on YouTube or TikTok or Twitter, all those. So, it's J O5. Nice and simple. Easy. My last name's a little difficult. <laughs> it's M-O-E-L-L-E-R.
1: Yeah, so that's J-M-O-E e double 5 and you can find him on TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter, and he also writes for or creates content. I don't actually know whether you're right for the league winners, but um, just so all the listeners understand a bit more about you, Jesse, how long have you been playing fantasy football? I can see from the notes that you've been playing a lot longer than me. Um, so how long have you been playing, mate?
0: Um, about 24, 25 years, I started in 66 grade. Um, it's through my dad. He loved football. I uh, in 1980, 87, I was one year old, went to the game, dressed as Brian Brah, Bosworth. So I had the faux hawk, everything. <laughs> <I love laughs> and my love of football was born there. And it's just exponentially grown for every year. And I played all the way through high school, some semi-pro stuff, but once that ended in, I was like, well, might as well just fully dive in, see how it go.
1: Uh, I can guarantee you I haven't been playing for that long. Uh, about, about five years fantasy football for me and about 10 years watching the NFL. But uh, yeah, de- definitely not 1999. Um, so how, how did you get into producing content? As I said, you, I've mentioned it a few times now, TikTok, YouTube. Um, and legal and as you must be extremely busy how did you get into creating that sort of content because it's not something that you just fall into no i
0: in the summer of 2020 my wife was like you love folk do something like make it happen get out there do it and i was like what what are you talking about why would i do that and she's like trust me you love this pursue it and that was the, the boost I needed. Like, I was kind of just hanging back, playing in leagues, enjoying it. And I figured, hey, let's give it a shot, see what happened, and go from there. So I posted a thread on Kirk Cousins, and someone reached – I'm not sure who – I can't remember. But they were like, hey, do you want to write? And I was kind of surprised because I was like, I've never written anything. I'm not a writer why would i do that
1: yeah
0: and it took off from there so i just dove in started doing it realized how much i loved it and took off and i've been doing it for three plus years and i love it
1: Sim- similar to how i got into it actually um out, out of the blue just had someone message me um and just said, do you want to start writing? I've never never been a fan of English in my life, let alone writing for a passion, but um, I'll give it a good go, and that's how it got into it. But we're not here to talk exclusively um, about us, Jesse. We're here to talk about the ADP that DLF has got. At the moment, the most current is January ADP for 2023. I was hoping that February would come, Um, and dropped just before this show, but unfortunately it hasn't. So we're still reviewing the January ADP. So we picked out some players uh, who we think are going too high, too low. um, And we all both kind of produce our takes on this. But I will always take this with a pinch of salt anyway, because it's ADP. So it doesn't mean it's going to happen in every one of your drafts. It also, because it's in January, means that a lot has changed in the past months because we're mid to late February at this point. Um, so we can always expect some movement based on some news that has gone on, um, especially for one of the players I've got written down here. So, Jesse, let's dive in. We've got um, Deshaun Watson as the very first person on this list. Um the way that I saw this one is I'm evaluating the player, not the person. And I think a lot of people will be bringing in the legal troubles um, that he's got. And that's probably why his ADP is a little bit lower. am not going to dive into that. Podcast listeners um, or listeners of this show will know that I don't tend to try and dive into that. I tend to just look at the player itself um, unless it's going to impact the The games and stuff which um, at the moment we don't think it will anymore personally he's going as qb12 and i think that's a little low um i'm predicting a bounce back here i'm predicting another wide receiver to be moved into that room whether that's a, a draft pick that isn't david bell and actually shows something or whether that is donovan people's jones being much better than he is um Or that he was last year and he had a massive jump last year from where he was so Jesse QB12 as Deshaun Watson right now how are you feeling about that yourself I'm a stat like I'd love that
0: if I can get in there which late round one early round two startup I'm all for that if you don't like the player I get it you can avoid him you don't have to draft him totally fine Based on the talent, like, I want the best players. I want to win. He's going to help you win. So I'll happily pay that every time.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, and I'm in a um, dynasty league. It's one QB, so it's slightly different, um, where I can't remember his name now, and I feel really bad for forgetting who actually set this up, but it's a co-owner league where it's 14 teams to 20 um, eight co-owners and we're all content creators so there's always conversation in there even though it's one quarterback deshaun watson went uh, qb10 and that was actually me and my uh, partner going to qb10 thinking oh this is an absolute steal um i think it was in the fifth or sixth round Um when joe burrow and and the likes went two to three rounds earlier i think it's uh, quite Interesting to see that disparity there. And I think that out of everyone after the Joe Burrow tier, you're going to see Deshaun Watson as probably the favorite to jump up as uh, upside. Because he's already shown that, hasn't he?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you'd really want as far as production. Because he's given you all of that. So we have that to go back on. And I know last year wasn't the best. But we're expecting another year in the system. It's going to get better, and he's got that pass production where he was QB four, QB five, and QB four. If I'm correct on that, that, the three previous.
1: It sounds about right. He was definitely QB five for a few years running, or in the top five. Um, But yeah. I understand people not wanting to draft him because of the personal issues there, and that, that makes sense. But if you're drafting purely on talent, QB12 feels really low in that upside. Mm-hmm. It just feels like he, he's the next guy to take that step into the tier. Um, at least we've already seen it. Staying on the quarterback train, though, we've got Kenny Pickett next on the list. And this one is the complete opposite to, Sh- to Sean Watson in terms of where I kind of see him. He's currently going QB15. Um, again, when I say currently, that is January ADP. But to me, I don't see him any better than a mid to late stable QB2 for a roster. So we're taking him three spots behind Deshaun Watson, who has elite upside. And yet I, I see him as a stable QB18 to 24 on any given year. Where do you fall on pick, uh, uh, Kenny Pickett? Because he just feels. Like, you're paying too much for mediocrity there. And I think age is kind of bumping him up a little bit.
0: I completely agree. I don't get why he's QB 50 Like, give me all those guys. Let me look at it. We have, like, Kirk's going right right next to him. And then we have yep. Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, Derek Goff, even Geno Smith. I would take all of them. And it feels like you're paying the premium just for age. So at QB, I don't really value age that much just because you can play for 15, maybe ish. you know, so why pay that?
1: Well, exactly. We're still seeing guys like Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, they're coming to the end of their career, but how long have they been playing in the NFL? Over 10 years to 15 years. You're going to see those type of guys still do it. And and they haven't been... I know Matthew Stafford, you could argue, has been um, above um, average, but Ryan Tannehill has been kind of average for his career and he's still making it that far into his career as a, as a starter. Yes, he's had a few wobbles here and there with the starter role, but... I kind of see that for Kenny Piggott in terms of that is the type of career he's going to have. He's going to be a mediocre quarterback. He, he, as talking mediocrity in terms of the NFL scene, but you, you look at a Derek Carr, for example, would you say Derek Carr's above average or is a, is about average personally? Like QB 16, that's about average.
0: I'd say he's yeah, about there. Maybe a little, little bit higher, but right there. Maybe so, ten to sixteen in yeah. real Q- QB
1: fantasy, not so much. Yeah. Um. So Jesse, next on our list, we'll get away from some quarterbacks now. Um. Let's have a look at wide receiver, and this is a guy that I wanted to put on here because I was really high on him coming into uh, the 2022 drafts. I just like the guy; he's my wide receiver too. Um, keen listeners will know that he is Jameson Williams. Now, I'm putting a pinch of salt on this because I do think that I have some slight bias because I had him so high in rookie uh, rankings last year. But he's currently going as wide receiver 26. And I feel like that's a little bit low. Um, I think that if I'm getting him as my wide receiver three or four on a team, I'm laughing because... I just think that he is going to have explosive playmaking ability. And no, I'm not comparing him to Tyree Kill, but I think he's going to be used in a similar aspect to Tyree Kill where he can run deep routes, but he will also be fed the ball early and um, early in downs as well and in, in towards the line of scrimmage. Yes, he'll be able to take the top of the defence, but I don't think he's going to be an MVS style runner deep route on most of your, your routes and go from there the first three touches he had in the NFL which were the only three touches he had uh, last year all went for over 40 yards that was a combination of um i think it was one or two catches and and the rest were rushes one was an end around i believe um and one got called back so you you might not see all three on the court, on the scoreboard but yeah if, i'm not saying that every touch is going to go for 40 plus yards if it is then brilliant um But I I wholly think that he is going to be a lot better than wide receiver 26. And to me, that's value. I struggle with him. Um, Like,
0: he was my wide receiver three coming in. Um, But this last year, I just have questions. And at that price, I'm not wanting to pay that. Like, he's going next to Christian Watson. Amari um, Cooper, Jerry Judy, Christian Kirk, and even Deontay, and Johan Dots, I would take all those guys. Um, I If I don't know, and I'm unsure, and I can get someone I like better, cheaper, I'm going to go with that right. But the talent's there. You see the speed. He can absolutely destroy defense.
1: I mean, I'm just looking at the wide receiver rankings now. Um, I mean, okay. I was going to say I had Juju Smith-Schuster coming up ridiculously early, but because I was, I was locked on August, uh, 2022. So let's retry that one. Looking at um, wide receivers going around him you, you, as you mentioned, Christian Watson Amari Cooper, uh, Terry McLaurin, I know a lot of people are going to enjoy um, Jerry Judy are all going behind him um, I kind of see that in terms of um, you you kind of take those guys above I think that Jameson well, I, not, I don't think, I know that Jameson Williams is at least a year younger than every guy there Um and I'm not bringing age too far into this because the apart from Amari Cooper, that's the only one I'd touch on is Amari Cooper's getting a bit old now. He's going to be 29 going into the season next year. Um, so unless you've got a win now roster, that's kind of where you'd go with Amari Cooper. Everyone else there, you, you could use the age to kind of carry on for a good few years, a, a good three to four years. But I'm looking at, and Jameson Williams in terms of who's actually going ahead of him and that's Marquise Hollywood Brown you've got George Pickens going ahead of him, Brandon Ayuk's going ahead of him, I'm picking out some names here but I think that he's got higher upside than all three of those uh, DJ Moore is going higher than him, I know that there's a lot of DJ Moore truthers and everyone loves him but is it safe to, or not safe, but is it a uh, really hot take to say Jamison Williams has a higher upside than DJ Moore? I, no. I think that DJ Moore provides a lot more in terms of safety, but I, I'd, I'd like the upside of Jamison Williams. And I think wide receiver 26 is probably, in terms of ADP, about right. I personally have him higher in my rankings.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I. I love Marquise. He's pretty much my guy. Like, he's always cheap and produces. So, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. For me, it's not for me, but the upside's there. It's hard to
1: deny. I'm glad I've bought you one and you've disagreed with me because I, I really, at the start of the show, we went through the first two and you agreed straight away. There was no, nothing really to discuss. And now we're ever disagreed. <laughs> we're, we're into the proper part of the show now. But, <laughs> Um, the next one I've got on the list I have no idea whether you're actually going to agree with me on this but this is actually two different players in terms of where they're being ranked rather than one and the reason i brought it up is where they're being ranked relative to each other so I've got Sam Howell and Jordan Love Sam Howell as of January ADP this could well have changed with everything that's happened with Aaron Rodgers over the past few weeks At the moment, Sam Howell is being drafted as the QB 29. Love at the QB 33. It's a four-spot difference between them. I don't understand why Sam Howell is going higher. He's a fifth-round rookie that had one good game in Week 18. And Rivera, let's face it, is going to be coaching for his job next year he's not going to put it on a fifth round rookie to get him through and get him into next year i don't see somehow starting the entire year maybe he comes in halfway through the year and does become a, a starter and saves rosters and maybe rivera's job likelihood that's not going to happen but also i don't think they start the, the year and Moving over to Jordan Love, yes, he, Rogers could be there, but I've started to get more and more comfortable with the idea of Rogers actually leaving Green Bay next year. So I think Jordan Love, if even if Rogers stays, does Jordan Love stay? I don't see I don't see a world why um, the Packers would keep Jordan Love for his final year before they have to um, uh, they have to put his first uh, fifth year option on I don't see why they would keep him and then just let the option run out or or have to pay him ridiculous amounts when we've never seen him so I think this ranking is a bit crazy in terms of the actual upside of either player I love Sam Howell when he came out but I also think Jordan Love has a much better chance of playing one the whole season or just being named the starter at some point, which will immediately increase his value. Um, and if not, I, I think Jordan Love is being traded rather than sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for the whole year. Where do you fall on these two? Do you agree with me? Is Am I being crazy and all hyped up in my own Packers fandom world? Or um, am I grounded a little bit more than I want to think?
0: No, the community is. Yeah. Um... He's a day three guy. What are we doing? You have round one that speaks volumes. The NFL told us the day they took Sam Howell, day three, they don't like him. So you're buying in a decision way. No, sorry. But that's it. So what happened? He struggled. They like week six. They're going to bring someone in. Jordan Love, he'll have the security. It's simple to me. Jordan Love, all day.
1: Yeah, I I think with Jordan Love, he's shown more than people want to give him credit for. And I think I'm basing this off of a Packers fandom point of view that people will always hate the pick rather than the player, um, but they won't separate the two. I don't know what the rest of the NFL sees, Jesse, uh, I don't know whether you can fill me in on that, but I just think that with, within Packers' world, you're never going to be able to split the Packers and take in Jordan Love instead of a wide receiver or, or whatever happened. Right? They
0: people say like, "Oh yeah, it's motivation. Like, get him to play good." And it's first round pick. Why would you? That makes zero, zero sense. Yes, yeah. but they did it. And you got to play him at some point. Like, you have one year and you got to pay him, I think it's 20 million, like, the um, to match it this year. So, I, like, you got to at least see yeah. what you got.
1: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I've seen a lot more out of Jordan Love than Sam Howell. Yes, there's a, a few years' experience different there, but um, I'd much rather take my chances on Jordan Love than Sam Howell. Regardless of just looking at the season in general. Next player on the list, Jesse, is Tony Pollard. I think this is absolutely nuts to see him going as running back 13 um, in ADP. I don't understand why he's going higher than Javante Williams. Can you help me understand? Or am I just being completely insane with this one and I've got it all wrong? I struggle. Um,
0: I like him. He's an exceptional talent. He showed it off last year, this year as well, and people are betting on it. Where, Javante, we've seen the talent, but the production hasn't fully matured yet. So, I get it, but I'm just I kind of torn. So, if you have Javante here, Pollard here, I'm going to the cheaper because i honestly don't know
1: what do you feel about t- uh, tony pollard's price at rb 13 though uh, the, do you think that's a bit rich or is that roughly about right it feels about right to me
0: um like imagine if he ends up in miami
1: the market will just shoot him up yeah so. Do you think he'll go higher than RB thirteen though? If he if he ends up in a in a perfect spot, so we're talking I suppose Buffalo Bills, although there's a bit of a cook timeshare, maybe uh, Dolphins as you mentioned. Uh, I, I'm probably blanking off a few, uh, few other places where it'd be high value. But if he did land in say the perfect scenario, no drafted running backs. Do you see him being any higher than RB thirteen?
0: Yeah, we have. Chubb, Harris, Swift, Mixon, Jacobs, all of them. But they're all old. So it's kind of interesting to see. But, like, I could see him jumping maybe to RB7, right, where Brees Hall is at. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I could – potentially agree with you I think another one that's sneaky that I, I thought about putting in but I didn't want to talk about it too much was Joe Mixon being over DeAndre Swift um, at RB8 and 9 respectively I thought that was an interesting one so I, I personally would see Pollard not going any higher than DeAndre Swift but I see people being out on it I mean I've I personally been out on DeAndre Swift because of all the injury issues and I want him to play and I want him to show me something but He's just not on the field enough for me to take him that highly. Um, But yeah, I I personally think this is way too much for a guy that is going into free agency and has never had the lead role. Um, I mean, look at Josh Jacobs. He's running back 11. But we saw him have a great year this year. We've seen him have spurts and spans where he's been incredible uh, and then he's kind of tailed off and ended up as an RB2. But with Pollard, it's kind of a he's had those games, but he's never had a full season or even half a season where he's had that backfield to himself and proved to me at least that he can uphold that. And I'm on record saying that I don't think Pollard's going to be more than a 1A, 1B back, um, whichever A or B he is. Uh, I think that he's always going to be in a timeshare, so maybe a Buffalo Bills landing spot would kind of be a middle ground between me and everyone that wants to wants him to go to uh, Miami. Yeah, um, Buffalo reminds me of Casey.
0: Great team, great offense, but the running backs are just <laughs> all over the place. So it would it his
1: value. Yeah. Casey um, running backs is not something that I like to discuss because I was massively high on Clyde Edge was Hilaire going into this year. Um, at price, I thought it was great. And then week four, around week three, week four, I saw his usage and the amount of touchdowns he scored. And it's like, this isn't sustainable. I'm out. And I couldn't sell any of my shares because no one had bought in properly yet. And um, I got stuck with a lot of CH, even though I, I was out at the right time, just uh, not enough people were in. Um, another running back, though. Uh, let's go back to the NFC, and that is Tyler Algier. For me, I like him coming up for this upset um, for this upcoming season. I've said it before; I'll say it again. I don't think the Falcons bring in a big asset to rival or, or take away a lot of the timeshare that he's going to see with Cordell Patterson. I think maybe a fourth or fifth rounder back. Would, would probably come in and take a bit of work, but I don't see a lot. And that's probably the max um, I'd expect to see the Falcons bring in. I don't think they're going to bring in anyone in free agency. They could even get rid of Patterson and bring someone else in. We don't know um, because the, there is some savings behind um, Kodaro Patterson. But Jesse um, at RB29, do you see Tyler Algiers as being a little bit of a value or are you? A completely against my thinking.
0: I'm not really into
1: it, but I get it. I see what you're saying.
0: It's just for me, these RB or sorry, these day three running my I'm just I'm pretty much out. I did this with Ramon last year and yeah. it blew up in my face. <laughs> but it's just yeah. Even if he gets a little combo then it might cut into that EBS side. And I don't know, like, how valuable he'll be.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I suppose I'm looking at this one from a production point of view rather than a um, value point of view. He did have a few good games, whereas RB13, RB8, 12, 12 again. But then there were also times whereas th- bearing in mind some of this was earlier on in the season, was RB60, sixty, RB 57 be fifty-seven. 50-45, uh, and that's that's just weekly rankings. Um, he was the RB29 overall in PPR, so um, I don't think that I'm expecting a lot of increase in value, but I kind of see him edging into that RB2 role uh, or RB2 um, range if he stays healthy. And with CPAC going, maybe we can see... Um, another asset brought in but as i said i don't think it's going to be a big one um and i really think that Algier has some nice upside i just don't think it's going to be running back one side uh, upside which is what people want to see for a back before they start buying in and adding value onto someone um so i think that he's going to probably stick around and i don't think he's going to lose too much value going into next year
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Another running back, though, that um, I do think will have increased in value not only from this time next year, um, but from when this January ADP was taken to now is Kenneth Gainwell. And avid listeners of the show knows that two years ago, I was massively high on Kenneth Gainwell. Um, he was my draft crush that year, uh, apart from Amari Rogers, We both know how Amari Rogers, um ended up. So let's not talk about that too much. But Kenneth Gainwell uh, was my running back uh, that I loved as a sleeper. And he ended up going to... Philadelphia with Sanders in front of him for two years and that wasn't always the best situation to be in and his uh, draft capital also sucked a little bit he ended up becoming a day three pick and I really thought he was going to be a third rounder but not to be now we're going into the offseason after a great Super Bowl performance by him which I think will have helped his value a little bit Um, Not a lot, but a little bit, just because it was the biggest game. Everyone's watching it, and and he actually did well in it. He didn't back down um, from the challenge. I think that his value has not only gone up from RB43 in January ADP, I also think that um, people have wised up to Sanders probably being gone next year. Um, But again, similar to Tyler Algier, I kind of think another similar priced asset will come in, whether it's through free agency, whether it's through the draft. I do think that a lower-end guy is going to come in, but I think that opens up a lot for Kenneth Gainwell to take over over and really show that what he did in the Super Bowl is what he can do if given the ball. Um, Jesse, is this me hoping that one of my two draft crushes from a few years ago, he's actually going to stick? Or are you fully on the hype train with me and think that Kenneth Gainwell is going to be actually do something?
0: I think his value will take off. Um, I don't know how much that is, but I would want to see in trades like what I could get. And if it's something like an upgrade, I'd happily do it. If not, I'll just write them till draft. Hopefully, they don't spin round two. Capital on, you know, big name running back, and he survives. And if he does, then your assets taken off, and it's looking good. So I'm unsure if that happens,
1: but I'm I'm open o- open to it. I. I struggle with the Eagles right now because they just made it to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know how much they put into their running game not being hugely effective against the Chiefs. Um, they did well. I'm not saying that uh, that it wasn't, but a lot of it came from Hurts rather than running backs. So I don't know how much they put into that, and I think if we knew how much they put into it, then um, we'd know whether to sell or whether to hold Kenneth Gainwell. Um, but do you see anyone that you'd want to potentially trade straight up for Kenneth Gainwell right now? Or is there, is, is there maybe a specific pick that you're looking at trying to get now rather than waiting to the draft? So the guy
0: from Casey you just talked about? Yeah, I'll... I'll roll roll the dice. Oh wow. And, and take him. Um I actually traded game well last week for yeah. 301 and Rashad Penny. Um I thought it was fair and Penny's good. So my thought process was he's gonna step in and be productive. It could backfire for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the class. So if I can get a late two, early three, with a plus, like I'm all for that.
1: Yeah, I think for that sort of price, I'm I'm with you. I think Penny is a high upside guy, but also could flame out if he has another injury. It's basically he's done. Yeah. Um, if, if he has another big injury, but. If you can get Penny Plus, as you said, a late second, early third, I'm I'm all down for that. Even though I like anything, well, I like his upside. I do think that you've got to temper expectations a little bit. And even though you can see my um, my love for him running wild a little bit, I, I'd still do those sort of deals. CH take is quite um quite spicy considering the current value on CH, um. I- I'm frantically seven, so that's five, four, five spots behind him, um, behind Kenneth Gainwell. So that's quite interesting. Um, but I think at that point you're kind of looking at a lot of guys that, that are kind of much of a muchness. And yeah, it, it's a lot down to personal preference. Um, so Jesse George Pickens is um, is on the list. We're, we're starting to move into some wide receivers now. I put this one on here because I think that this is ridiculously high, but he's currently going wide receiver 24. Um, What are you doing with him right now? Is that where you've got him? No. No. (laughs) Okay, Uh, tell us which way you've got him now. Is it higher or lower? Lower.
0: Uh, I've been anti Pickens since last draft. So this is just priors coming in. Um, but the ranking, I just don't get it. He wasn't good. Like, he was on the field. That's the one thing he consistently did. But outside that, I just was not, wasn't impressed. Um, so if I can sell him for anyone in that ranking, I'll happily take it. Or use him to package up.
1: That's that's an ideal situation. I, I loved Pickens' tape. I, I absolutely loved it. But when I looked at the rest of that class, I had seven other guys ahead of him. He was ranked eight in my um, in my film only rankings. Um although I really like the draft capital and some of the catches he makes are incredibly insane to watch. Unfortunately for fantasy you don't get style points. And if you did, Pickens would be up there, but I don't think um anyone has him, I say anyone has him higher, but surely people have had to draft him higher for him to be an average uh, draft position of 24. I think that's crazy for a guy that was wide receiver 40 in season-long production. But if you take it down to points per game, wide receiver 52. And we drafted him as wide receiver 24. I think that's quite insane. Um, I don't ever see him being a wide receiver one Or a top 12 wide receiver in a season so why are we drafting him as as though he's going to have that upside i personally don't see it i think a lot of it also comes down to kenny pickett i don't think he's got that kind of upside and a lot of it as well i think a third part it's almost in thirds for me in terms of reasons one third is george pickens one third is Kenny Pickett, and the other third is Deontay Johnson. I think that Deontay Johnson is going to come back and really show people that last year was just a complete off-the-rails off the type of year in terms of production. He, I saw some stats that he was one of the highest targeted guys in the league still. He just didn't produce with it. And I think that this year that is going to really show um, that Deontay can do what... Um, what the Steelers think. And I think right now he might actually be a steal. I need to go and check his ADP because I don't have it in front of me. But um Deontay right now, wide receiver 32, I- I'd, do, I'd do that every day of the week, Um even over Jameson Williams. And even though I, I love what Jmo, I- I'd take um Deontay over him. Where do you feel, how do you feel on Deontay? I can see you nodding a lot as I'm talking. Um are you a big Deontay believer as well?
0: I love Target Hog. Like, those guys earn targets. That's that's who I want. So even someone like DJM, like it sucks, but the QB situation ever improves, that's where the upside. I think Deontay was wide receiving twenty. And expected fancy points and just massive disappointing so
1: yeah. i'm hoping it rebounds yeah i'm massively hoping he rebounds and talking about uh guys that rebound a guy that i, I feel like i'm just bringing up guys that i've really liked over the past few years in drafts but john mechie is the next guy and he's currently going as wide receiver 63 to me this feels like an absolute steal he is basically free in um startups at the moment and i think that he has great upside to me he is essentially a rookie his rookie season uh, was taken away from him with um i can't remember exactly what strain of cancer it was but it was some with some pretty bad cancer that he's from all reports that i've seen battled away and has um has great potential of actually being back with the team and training this year. Um, And then add on top of it, a lot of talk about Bryce Young going 102, who was his college quarterback at Alabama. I think that John Mechie, if he plays this year, is going to do a lot better than wide receiver 63. I think you're going to see a wide receiver three or two season from him, top 24, top 36. So guys going around that mark, uh, guys like OBJ, who was didn't even play this year, Mecole um, Hardman, who, apart from a few odd catches here and there, doesn't really do anything in a year, and Zay Jones, who is going considerably higher than him. Um, and yes, he had a great year last year, but has also got to contend with Calvin Ridley coming into the, the fold um, over in Jacksonville. So to me, I think John Mechie is a complete steal. Uh, it, I've seen trades for late seconds for him. I don't think I'd do that. I think I'd go if I can get him for any type of third, um, I'd probably do that. But uh, late second, I'm kind of struggling with giving up for Mechi right now. Where do you fall on Mechi? Um, did you like him pre draft and, and post draft, I suppose?
0: I did. I wasn't super high on him, but I was like, he's a good NFL wide receiver. So, wide receiver 63 is just so low. Like, he's free. So, at that cost, yes. Yeah. Happily. In. Can we talk about yeah. um, Michael Thomas, wide receiver 76? Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, these just,
1: two are ultimate, what have you done for me lately? Picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. Solo, I don't get it at all. I mean, Michael Thomas, yes, you don't know who he's going to the course back in New Orleans. Um, Yes, you're still there with um, Dennis Allen. Yes, Chris Alava is now there, and there's a bit more of a target. Um, There's a bit more target. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Why is it coming out of my head? Um, Competition, target competition. But wide receiver 76 is even more cheap than John Mechie, who has never played an NFL snap. And we've seen this guy have, or he was the wide receiver one in Dynasty three years ago, um, three or four years ago. So yeah, Michael Thomas, wide receiver 76 is nice. He's going just before Terrace Marshall, who everyone is out on, just after David Bell, everyone is near enough out on. um. Paris Campbell, who has been injured for three years and then kind of had a game or two here or there, um, there's there's guys around that spot that you, like Trent Sherfield, a wide receiver, eighty-two, about seven spots down. He was nothing until this year, and even then, it was kind of a one or two game here and there. And he was actually a top thirty-six, top twenty-four wide receiver. Yeah, if, if I'm anywhere in the 60s, these are the two guys I'm looking at because they've got the upside to get up there. I think the rest rest of this um, list around that, uh, I'm kind of hiding away from. Yeah, the, um, the oh, only
0: sorry. guys is Curtis uh, Sam. He's the only other one. Uh, outside of that, I don't want any of those yeah. guys.
1: Yeah, at, at that point, I'm looking at uh, running backs. Uh, I'm not looking at wide receivers at all. Um, so let's stop looking at wide receivers and let's look at tight ends. So um, I've got Evan Engram on my list. And this time last year, I was massively high. Up, well, not this time last year, because he wasn't signed. But um, say about 10 months ago, I thought Evan Engram was going to have a great year. And he did not to the level that I Wanted from him, but I still think that he had a great year and completely outproduced what the ADP was, what most people thought. Um, and we always knew he was on a one year deal, so we have no idea where he's going next year. He's currently being drafted as tight end eight, I think that is nuts. Behind, uh, just behind Pat Fryermuth, just after, um, well, I say just after tight end 12 is Njo- David Njoku, who we know is going to be with um, Deshaun Watson. And as we've both spoken about today, he's going, or we expect a, a jump up from him. So why is he going four or five spots ahead of um, of Njoku there? I think Evan Engram potentially is going a little bit too high for me. I think it's a bit rich. Um. Where did you fall on Engram last year, and where do you fall on him right now? So last
0: year, he was basically, like, free. So I was all in. He's been a target hog, basically, his entire career. So I was okay spinning a late three, something in that range get him. But tight end eight, that's
1: steep. Um, That's a top, what? What is it? Is so you? it is pick one hundred and five, yeah. which, if my quick math serves me quite correctly, is what ninth round. Yeah, that's too much. I don't want to invent
0: in a tight end who's likely not the difference maker. So
1: yeah, just
0: not at that price.
1: Yeah, I I am with you. Uh... Although I did say last year that I think that Evan Engram has a great shot of becoming or having that top upside, I don't think he's ever going to become elite now. I think it's a bit far gone. Um, if he signs with, I'm trying to think of an open tight end spot that would really boost him. So um, I, the Cowboys, I suppose, is probably the, the main one I, I can think of. If he takes um, Dalton Schultz's target share, if he he comes in with Dak and with CD, I can see his value being around tight end eight still. I think once he signs, that value's dropping. Um, I think he's coming outside of the top 12. I I can't see a world where he he stays there. Um, But another guy that is too high for me in the tight end range and I know that I'm bashing on tight ends again, it kind of ends up being my thing, but it it's as Isaiah Likely, and he's going as tight end 17. Why is tight end two on the Baltimore Ravens without a quarterback right now going as the tight end 17? Um Jesse, you're shaking your head furiously. So what before I go on to talk about likely, I'll pass it over to you so you can you can get the rage and the frustration out. <laughs> just know
0: what are we doing (laughs) like why you need andrews done for the year for him to hit any kind of like it's just my mind explodes i don't i don't i just no 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 no
1: no i'm out yeah i am amount to and and as you've said you need andrews to not play for the year for him to be relevant and that's exactly what i was going to say is with andrews playing likely um scores on average 4.5 point, ppr points every, every game and that's that's over a 14 game span um so this next part is on a short uh, sample but without andrews He scores 13.8 PPR points. Yes, that is incredibly good for a backup tight end that a lot of people liked going into the draft last year. But you have to have an injury to the tight end two in ADP, the tight end one on that team, and one of the best tight ends in the league. And that's still not talking about a big issue for the Ravens right now, which is the quarterback. We have no idea what's going on with Lamar. I fully expect them to franchise tag him or work out a deal, one of the two. I fully expect one of the two to happen. But until we know what happens, I don't understand how you can be expecting likely to return on tight end 17 value. I don't know. I don't have an answer. <laughs> for, for podcast listeners, Jesse just threw his hands up and that was it. There was no, nothing else. We just don't know what to say. I think this one's bad for both of us. Um, Jesse, is there anyone else that you wanted to speak about? Because I'm aware we went through a lot of players there. Um, so I've been on a kick lately. Um, these
0: wide receiver two types, like... Waddle, Higgins, those guys, um, Demas Smith, I don't get the value. I think at the price, you can find elite difference maker and help your team. So I've just kind of switched my thing and realized I don't think they're worth a cost
1: at all. Yeah, I can... Totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, we did just see Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle have that amazing one-two punch that ended up being. I think neither of them were lower than wide receiver five on the season. I, that's just going off the top of my head. If that's not true, it won't be far off wide receiver five. I think they're they're absolutely insane in the last season just gone. And so at the moment, Jalen Waddle wide receiver five, T Higgins wide receiver nine. Uh, Devonta Smith going at wide receiver 14. Um I can understand where you're coming from. There's a couple of guys that I like in that range that um I can see having that higher upside and it's very difficult to say see having that higher upside considering the type of seasons that they've just put up. Um but guys like Tyree Killer going after Jalen Waddell, I don't understand that. I it's gonna be an age thing. It's got to be an age thing, but um, I, I'd take Tyreek over Jalen Waddell. You've also got um Garrett Wilson going behind T Higgins, are the very spot behind. I, I kind of expect Garrett Wilson to have a competent quarterback next year. I can't imagine the Jets are going to stick with whatever fiasco was last year, where they had Flacco, then Wilson, then um, then White, and then Wilson, and then White. It, it, I just don't see any situation where the Jets are going to be like, yeah, Wilson, we'll give we'll give Wilson a, another ride or, or whatever. That's it. no, it's just not happening. So, Gary Wilson's getting an upgrade at quarterback. You've also got Chris Olave, who I kind of understand this one. Chris Olave, wide receiver eleven, and no quarterback, but had a great season with Andy Dalton of all people. Um, I kind of expect. Olave to stay where he is this time next year, but Devontae Adams, again, there's a lot of quarterback um, question marks here, but Devontae Adams at wide receiver 12, when he just put up a similar uh, season to previous seasons with Derek Carr, instead of Aaron Rodgers, DK Metcalf with a, with potentially Gino coming back, or um, I'd expect a, a QB upgrade if G, if they don't bring G, Gino back, I, all of these players are going in and around T Higgins and uh Devonta Smith. I'll probably take all of them over um T. Higgins at this point. So I'm with you. Um it's very difficult to put elite capital and elite um value onto these wide receiver twos because they are that they are wide receiver twos. We've seen that they can produce, but are they actually going to produce over a full season? Um, with everyone healthy, which is the basis we have to go off. So yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Do you have any anyone else on your list? Let me see. Oh, Kenneth Walker. Oh, Kenneth Walker. What? <laughs> we're we're what are looking we doing? at the top. Yeah, looking at the top of the list. Um,
0: it's I actually had a tweet him and Travis EGM are like the same dude. It was a strange <laughs> year. Like, the, the routes run per game, the like targets earned, the fantasy points, they were identical. I just was pretty surprised seeing that, and given the price, RB2, like, that's one spot below CMC. Why would I want Kenneth Walker oversees it's just age outside of that yeah. or even JT we get um Tyreek Hill and then there's guys like Eckler players in the range so I'll chase points production or the age every time.
1: yeah with with running backs it, it is going to be the age that is pushing up that. and and a lot of unknown situations so Saquon Barkley running back four, we obviously have no idea where he's going to go and um, kind of expect him to go back to the giants on some, excuse me, on some sort of um, tag or whatever that situation is, but he could easily walk and we don't know where he goes. And that, that could be a concern for, for managers. You've also got Brees Hall running back seven, that uh, is coming back off an ACL. So no one knows how he's going to do Um Travis Etienne, running back six, I think that he's a a great guy, but I kind of feel like Kenneth Walker needs to be in his range. Um, Eckler, again, age 28 going into next year, um, but has produced a running back one season over the past three years. So I, I get where you're coming from, but I think the reason Kenneth Walker is at the top as running back two is down to not necessarily his talent per se. Yes, that will have got him high, but it'll come down to more so that the lack of a clear-cut running back two has been presented this year. Um, And I've said previously, Jonathan Taylor was the clear-cut running back one by miles last year. And then we kind of had DeAndre Swift and Najee Harris, and then a bunch of other guys, which we really didn't know where to put this year instead of having a clear-cut running back one and then a running back two-tier, we've just kind of got a bunch of guys between one and say, what, I'm looking at that eight, nine, running back nine. So that is Swift, Mixon-Hall, Etienne, Eckler, Barkley, Taylor, Walker, and McCaffrey going from nine to one. That You could even throw Najee Harris at RB10 into that range and go, we kind of have no idea how to rank these. And I'm sure if you gave 10 analysts the these rankings that somehow managed to get 10 different orders, it'd just be that no one really has an answer right now. And that's probably why he's going to, there because he, he just feels the safest. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. I, I, I'm with you in, in terms of talent. I'd take a good bunch of guys over him. It's just the contract situation. Um, last time I'm going to ask you do you have anyone or have we finally got through your list I think we're good we're good okay Um, so in that case then Jesse where can the listeners find you Um, what have you got going on is there anything that you want them to check out here's your time to plug shamelessly
0: (laughs) well I'm on Twitter way too much. So if if you're on Twitter, come find me. We can chat. Anything Dynasty, stats, football, life stuff, all good. We can go there and do that. Um, TikTok, YouTube, video formats. We'll be posting stuff. Off-season, rookies, players, different different kind of um, strategy, just Dynasty as a whole. So it'll keep me busy and – all my written content and league winners, and I'll post that on Twitter as well.
1: So that is at J M O E double R 05 on TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And I believe it's at F league winners, um, for all the written content as well. So shameless plug time for myself. Um, listeners will know about the UK FFC, um, Which I don't know whether you've ever been to the Expo, Jesse, but it's uh, the U our version of that. Basically, we saw what you guys were doing in the Expo and we got a bit jealous, so we created uh, our own uh, version. And the first time was last year, and so it's just it was eighty people create or raising over two thousand pounds for um charity last year with raffles panels um five hours of fancy football fun this year it's seven hours um two hours difference doesn't sound too big but trust me we've jam-packed a lot more in there um we have just uh confirmed with scott it's been announced and that is scott fish um For the Scott Fishbowl 13, there is a live draft in London um, on the day before the UKFFC, so you can make a weekend out of it, come down on the Friday evening, have a live draft for the Scott Fishbowl, then go straight into uh, Saturday with the UKFFC event in general, which, as I said, will have raffles, panels, Q&As, and a few more things we haven't actually announced yet. So. If you're interested, go find them at underscore UKFFC on Twitter um, and at uh, at UKFFC on Facebook as well. Uh, I had to think about the, the tag on Facebook because we don't use it that often. But um, tickets are only £10 and all the money goes to charity. So make sure you... Um, buy your tickets there we also have a scott fishbowl spot giveaway to ticket holders by the 28th of february so that's a week today um as of recording so if you buy your ticket um and you have a ticket by the 28th then you'll go into a raffle for or a, a giveaway for a scott fishbowl spot as well Before we get out of here, Jesse, I leave the listeners with a brain teaser every week. I didn't do it last week because we did a live draft and there wasn't much I could really tease people's brains with. So um, I'm going to give you a chance to answer, but I'm not actually going to tell you the answer um, to this. And it's actually two questions just to make up for last week. Um, So which player rose most in ADP and which player also fell the most in ADP? So that's two different players. Um, The way that I've done this is DLF ADP, and they've got to be drafted in both August and January. So that's August 2022 and January 2023. Use Superflex because everyone plays in Superflex now. So, Jesse, who do you think rose the most in DLF ADP and who fell the most? Do you have any ideas?
0: I'm thinking Geno Smith for the riser. And for the follower, uh, we'll just go Michael Thomas. Why not? Michael
1: Thomas. Okay. I'm not going to tell you whether those are the right answers. So you're going to have to tune into next week to hear um, because I'll release it at the start of the show. But just again, listeners, which player rose the most in ADP and which player fell the most in ADP? Got to be drafted in both August 2022 and January 2023 ADP and that's super flex. So until next week guys, Jesse, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you. And until next week guys, stay safe and we'll see you then. Bye bye.